0: Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick, Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Berzolini. Good afternoon. It is Friday, May 5th, Revenge of the 5th, if you celebrate, or Cinco de Mayo. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Kyle McLaughlin here on the Sports Mix. Good show for you today. We're going to talk high school baseball and softball. Uh, Some good games last night, some games being rescheduled for today. Of course, we had sectionals last night in softball. We'll get into the NBA and NHL playoffs. Uh, The Kentucky Derby is this weekend, so we're excited about that. Talking a little bit about Lamar Jackson and him officially signing his contract with the Ravens, along with the Commander's hopes for a new stadium. And then we'll conclude the show talking about some baseball. So good show for you here today. And uh, Colin, how are you today? And uh what are you looking forward to this weekend
1: i'm doing great as this uh show brought to you by brown funeral homes and cremations robert fields and sons a family owned full service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880 i'm looking forward to the kentucky derby as it starts the triple crown i know we're not there yet but uh looking forward to seeing um this year's uh set of horses i know uh, i was joking earlier about some of the uh funny names off the air with uh you guys um i know skinner's one of them i think he's one of the favorites uh forte is one of the favorites even though i was making the joke saying it should be fort like coach matt fort of hedgesville softball and then skinner skinner law firm and then the two phils i was trying to see uh who phil mccoy partnered with that's also named phil
0: yeah so um definitely looking forward to that and of course Orioles baseball, Nationals baseball should be exciting this week. But uh, we had high school baseball last night on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube as well as talk radio WRNR 106.5 FM and AM 740. Uh, we had a good game last night for Musselman, a 6 nothing win over Washington. And on their senior day, they were able to go out there, get a win. And some seniors really uh, showed out for the Appleman.
1: Yeah, they did. And it really started with Dylan Stevens on the mound for the uh, musselman Appleman getting the win, pitching six innings of uh, scoreless baseball. And then Trevor Bohr came in to finish it in that final inning, even though it wasn't a save opportunity. He still performed well. Stevens going those six innings, only giving up five hits, striking out four, and walking three. So maybe not his. Typical night out there uh, with the amount of strikeouts that you know he's capable of doing, but still was able to get the win. Borg going that one inning, only giving up one hit. It was the defense that really stood out, too. I mean, we saw a great catch, uh, a diving catch that was by Kyle Lore out in center field at one point. And then Baden Hartman at shortstop yesterday. E- each ball that went his way, it seemed like he was making a fantastic play out there stopping it and knowing exactly what to do in those situations and even some of the plays that he made you didn't think there was a chance that it was going to be an out but the cannon that he has uh proved otherwise
0: yeah and watching back in the studio you could see some of those great plays uh by Baden so he's a great player. I think he's got a good chance to be back player of the year based on the fact that he's dominated on the mound and has been a consistent hitter for this team and also really good defensively. But uh, I think for Musselman as a whole, we knew this was an important game for them because they're starting to now build a little bit of momentum heading into sectionals. You get a quality win over a solid team in your conference and you, have now shut out back to back opponents. You've won your last two games by a combined score of 19 to nothing. You've won three of your last four after that tough uh, losing streak that they went on of uh, four games. So, you know, you've now won three of your last four. You beat Briarwoods 12 to three. You had a tough loss to Martinsburg 7 to five, kind of a back and forth kind of game. You beat Moorfield 13 to nothing, obviously the perfect big game from Baden Hartman, and a 6 nothing win over Washington. You still have Pendleton County today, and uh, that will gear you up for Tuesday's huge game that we'll be at for Martinsburg taking on Musselman. But for the Applemen, I think they're starting to head back in that right direction. If this team gets hot, I mean, they can compete with anybody, not only in the area, but anybody in the state.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw them, what, 16, 17 wins in a row at one point of the season. And I think this week, the Musselman stock has definitely gone up with the performances they had, as you already mentioned, the perfect game against Moorefield and then the shutout yesterday against Washington are two impressive games, and I, I think they are in the right position to make a run uh, sitting at 21-9 and 9 in the sectionals. you You can't count them out. You can't count hedgesville out another 20 win team you can't count martinsburg out they've been one of the hottest if not the hottest team other than the loss to clear spring in the entire region the past few weeks and then jefferson on the other side of the region is jefferson i mean they are the best team in the state arguably in a lot of people's minds best team in the region is what they were voted as but this week has kind of been a down week for them after a uh pretty solid win streak that I think reached 13 wins I might be wrong on that but since then uh two losses and two wins and still one more game to go for them
0: yeah I was going to talk real quick about Washington last night and the fact that they have struggled as of late they've only been able to put up nine runs in the past five games so you know I don't know if their confidence is down or not but they do have Hampshire on Tuesday that should be a winnable game uh but they need some momentum if they want to have any shot at knocking off Jefferson but uh back to your point the Cougars haven't been really playing necessarily their best baseball this week so that certainly opens up the opportunity but yesterday even though Smithsburg has a losing record uh at 7 and 11 on the year they do have a win over Clearspring uh they've been competitive at times so not a bad game you know or not a bad team on the other end and you get a 5 to 3 win but it does seem like the Cougars are lacking a little bit of offense. I just think they have enough pitching uh to get them through some of these offensive struggles, especially in their section um and you saw the bats come alive at the top of the order last night. You had Fletcher get a hit, two hits from Pavanelli, a hit from Hafner, and two hits from Lewis. The rest of the order really didn't give you much though Ty Duncan was the only other guy to get a hit, so you had seven hits as an offense. You did enough to get the win. Riley Morgan gives you four strong innings, uh, four walk or four strikeouts, three walks. Daquan comes in and really dominated. Scheip did three innings, one hit, uh, one strikeout. So definitely some good performances last night for the Cougars. I think they'll be fine, but they do need to pick it up a little bit here heading into sections. Yeah. And, and this is that time of the year, too, where – it's tough to really gauge these teams because they've already voted. So it's like, what are we playing for at this point? You know, coaches are probably doing some funny things. Washington kind of did that last night. They subbed in a lot of different guys to kind of gear up once they got down to Musselman. So I think that could be part of it too. But, you know, they still have a game tomorrow at 11 a.m. against Southern Garrett, and then uh, they'll get into sectional play.
1: It's tough, but expectations are always high for Jefferson baseball. I mean, they are the winningest program in the state. So you look at a 5-3 win, you're happy that they got the win after uh, two losses this week and a win against Spring Mills. I know the weather was uh, not the best as well earlier this week. And even though that sounds like an excuse, and because both teams have to play in it, you were aware that on Monday, when the weather got bad, there was a little bit of a stoppage. And then Tuesday, you could tell that it was definitely a struggle for Jefferson's pitching out there when the uh, rain really started to come down. And that's when Spring Mills almost mounted the comeback from being down 6 nothing, but Jefferson was able to win 6-3. to three. So you still have confidence in them. I, I thought maybe you could expect a little bit more because we always talk about how Jefferson capitalizes on mistakes made by their opponents so only getting five runs even though we weren't there so maybe these errors weren't as crucial as maybe i'm thinking they were to be able to easily capitalize off of but smithsburg had six errors yesterday yeah so the fact that jefferson only scored five runs is surprising to me because typically when we see teams have even half of that amount of errors against jefferson Jefferson's typically scoring double that in runs, right? Yeah, I mean that's
0: the typical standard at Jefferson. But like we've said before, this Cougars team isn't necessarily built like the previous seasons Cougars teams. Uh, they don't really have a a big bat in their lineup that's you know a true threat to go yard at any time like Griffin Horowitz.
1: Yeah, they only have one home run. Yeah,
0: so they're not really a power hitting team. Um, they still have their speed that they relied on a lot last year, but uh, it's not quite the same team that we saw offensively. So, you know, for them to have a few droughts here and there, it's expected, I think, with this offense. But the thing is, is they have some really good pitching, and they have a lot of different guys that can throw strikes and and uh, work counts and do some good things for them. So, they're still very talented, and I wouldn't be surprised if they, um, you know, made a run in the region and then we're going to go on and make a run even down at States. So we'll see. But Hedgesville's game was rescheduled. They were supposed to take on Frankfurt. I think they're going to do that today. So.
1: Yeah, it looks like it was uh, rescheduled. I believe to still seven o'clock today. I'm trying to double check on game changer. It game changer doesn't have it. Yeah. Fixed. It hasn't changed, but, but I believe it got changed to today is the, and, what I saw on Facebook. Yeah.
0: So I believe that's it for baseball. So. We'll move on to softball. Last night we had just one softball sectional game. Washington got the win over Hampshire as we expected, eight to one. A little bit closer game, maybe than what they had done previously on the year when they beat Hampshire fourteen nothing on Tuesday. But uh, Colin, that sets up for tonight a very fun and intriguing matchup as always: Washington versus Hampshire or Washington versus Jefferson. If Jefferson wins. They're on to the regional championship. If Washington wins, they play again on Saturday to determine who uh, advances the region. So Washington's been close every single time. Do you think they can get over the edge at least once here and extend this to Saturday? And you know, we'll see. Um, I'm not really certain. I mean, I think Jefferson's it, it, been pretty dominant. It's tough because,
1: I mean, they're in the same spot as they were last year, right? And, yes, last year they were able to take uh exactly this game in the uh same spot of the bracket and i believe that was the one that went the 13 innings the uh one nothing win for washington if i remember correctly it might be wrong but i know they won and then it had to be the winner take all game in which uh jefferson got the win but right now the the way things have gone this year i, I don't see washington for Washington's sake, doing it. I I think Munslow will have another solid performance for Jefferson, and it always seems like Jefferson's able to rise to the occasion each time they play Washington and get the best of the Patriots, even though both teams I still think in my mind are the two best teams in the state, and whoever comes out of this section has the best shot of winning states. I got to keep it with Jefferson just the way that They've been playing, especially when these two teams go up against each other.
0: Yeah, I think Washington's been close enough that I won't be surprised if they were to win tonight and extend it uh, into Saturday. But overall, I think Jefferson, with the advantage of having two games to win one, does advance um, and you know ends up winning the section overall. But I think Washington can take tonight's game. I, I would go out on and say that they're going to win tonight and-, and force a Saturday. Because, I mean, all the games have been really close. You know, They just need to clean up a few things here and there, and they can beat this Jefferson team. But here's the thing. Is it at this point now a mental thing like can we beat this team because we've been so close? We've had good performances at times. Uh, you know, Can we get over the hump? And I don't know if Washington believes in that or not, but I think they're well coached. They've played well all year. They've been competitive. I think this time they knock them off here tonight, force a Saturday, but ultimately I do think Jefferson does advance to the region. Final. I do too. So I think that does it for this segment.
1: All righty. Let's get into it as this segment of the Sports Mix was brought to you by Parsons Ford. Uh, you can go online to parsonsford.com for more. They are located at... 1400 Shepherdstown Road. We became number one by making you number one first. Again, that's ParsonsFord.com. We'll be back for more of the sports mix right here on Talk Radio WR and TV 10 after this two-minute break, so don't go anywhere. Staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights.
0: I made it down the coast in 17 hours. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. We welcome you back on this May 5th, 2023 for the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, along with the uh, TV 10 Facebook page Nick Verzellini alongside me Colin McLaughlin here today on the show we're gonna talk some NBA playoffs uh, also some coaching changes going on in the NBA and uh, if we have some time we'll get into the NHL playoffs a little bit but uh, Colin I guess we'll start with the Mike Budenholzer news because I think that's somewhat surprising um, he gets fired last night uh, before the tip off of the Warriors and the Lakers and uh, Budenholzer of course his Milwaukee Bucks go down the first round to the Miami Heat pretty shocking loss even with the Giannis injury uh, when you look at Budenholzer he did win them in NBA finals their first one in 50 something years since Kareem was there uh, but then you know they obviously were out in the second round the year after that and then this year after. so they're moving on from Holzer I think he's a good coach. He's had a lot of success in the NBA, obviously winning an NBA Finals. But it's always interesting, and uh, we talked about this before the show, how the NBA is so much harder on their head coaches and expect a lot more than maybe some of the other leagues. I mean, you know, you look at the NFL, if you win a Super Bowl, you're there for the next five to ten years at least because you won a championship. But in the NBA, it's like if we're not consistently – in the championship uh, realm like Steve Kerr has gotten the Warriors to, they'll move on for you in a heartbeat, and it's it's tough. I mean, but Budenholzer will get another job. He's a good coach and obviously has that finals resume.
1: Yeah, I agree. He he will definitely uh, find a landing spot. And on the other side of things, who are the Bucks going to find that is better? In my mind, I don't know anybody out there that – doesn't currently have a job that I mean would be a better scenario for the Bucks. they were the best team in the east this year in the regular season and if Giannis doesn't go down with that injury I think they should probably win that series I know it was tough that Heat are playing great basketball right now and Jimmy Butler is injured but if he comes back, this team can probably come back in this series against the Knicks. It's tough to really comprehend and wrap your head around this firing and say, do I agree with it? And right now, I, I don't. I mean, as you said, he got the Bucks to their first title in 50 years. And we know before that, with the underwhelming playoff success that wasn't true success because they hadn't gotten there yet, with him at the helm and with Giannis there for a few years. He was on the hot seat then, finally wins the championship. The team success is there, and now they lose first round. Yes, I get it's frustrating, but is this the right move? I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think you give him another year, and maybe if it happens again, then you can go that route. But with all the impli- or all the different scenarios and the unfortunate events that happened, in that first round, for the Bucks, it, it doesn't really make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. I think um, certainly, you know, won them that championship, but I think the the expectations being so high in Milwaukee now with Giannis, maybe Giannis had something to do with this. I don't know. He's not one of those guys that really comes off as of somebody that would say hey, we need to move on from our head coach. But he's a star player. We know the players kind of control uh, the league. I don't think him and Budenholzer really had issues, but there was some lack of adjustments being made in the playoffs. I know if you go back and listen to some of their press conferences after the games, you know, they said we didn't adjust. And, I mean, whose job is it to adjust? It's the head coach. So if that is how it was going down and they didn't really adjust to anything the heat threw at them, then you can't have success in the postseason. So ultimately, you know, I was surprised with this move initially, but I think it could make some sense. But where are they going to go from here? Who do they bring in? It'll be interesting to see. I I wouldn't mind seeing the Wizards go and pick up Mike Boonholzer, though, if they want to get rid of Wes Sunsell Jr., but I don't think that's going to happen.
1: I don't think that's going to happen either, even though it probably should happen. But it's just crazy to me that he is now the third of the past four NBA champions teams to be a fired head coach. I mean, the Raptors with Nick Nurse in 2019, now Frank Vogel in 2020 with the Lakers, and now Mike Budenholzer, Steve Kerr's not getting fired right? ever. Unless something crazy (laughs) happens with Golden State, which I don't see happening anytime soon. But it makes sense to me the other two, right? Frank Vogel, Nick Nurse. After the championship, the Raptors and the Lakers dropped off and didn't have even regular season success. The Bucks did. Yeah. The Bucks were the best in the East the past two years. Yeah, I mean... So, does it really come down to postseason success, period, end of story, in the NBA? If not, why aren't there more firings than we see in these other teams that don't even have the regular season success? I think the
0: outlook could be is when you're a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, you have Giannis, who is a generational talent. If you feel like your head coach is maybe holding him back and and your team success back, you move on even if the regular season has been great because you need that postseason success. There's only going to be one Giannis Kumpo, you're not going to find another one tomorrow so I think moving forward with Giannis as the leader of this team and you feel like Bootenholzer isn't really getting the job done and you're not seeing at least an Eastern Conference Finals appearance even better an NBA Finals appearance when you have that expectation and you have the best player in the league I think that's – I know he got hurt, but, I mean, I think that's where they're looking at it from the Bucks' perspective so they move on from holzer And I, I, I know that – I think we get in this mindset of thinking of it from a football perspective because we see the coaches that stick around for a long time, like Hardball and Tomlin, who haven't won anything in, you know, over 10 years, but they're consistently winners – so that's good enough in the NFL. In the NBA, it's different. And I think when you have a generational talent like Giannis, if you're not in the finals or in the Eastern Conference finals, the expectation gets higher. And you need to meet meet those expectations or you're going to lose your job. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I still think, like I said, Booneholzer is a good coach. He'll find another job. Who the Bucks go after? I don't know, but... I think it makes some sense when you're looking at it from the perspective of, of they have Giannis, they have this generational talent, and they lost in the first round.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't know who they go after now that in my mind, unless I'm I'm missing somebody big here, would do better.
0: I'm sure they will figure that out. I mean, that's not our job. But yeah, yeah I mean, you can, you'll hear some names here at, at times, and we can speculate more on that. It's always tough to read to who's going to be the new head coach, because there are those guys that kind of rotate in and out of the league, like Frank Vogels always seems to be up for a coaching job, or um, Coach of the Seams was that guy for a while that he was just always in a coaching somewhere. So I'm sure they'll find somebody, whether it be a veteran coach or a young coach that we're not uh, familiar with yet.
1: So CBS, I'm looking, 16 hours ago, and it says their top coaching candidates as of CBS after this, Nick Nurse and Charles Lee, among the likeliest choices.
0: Well, Nick Nurse would be kind of ironic.
1: Exactly, because he was just one of those three do be fired. So that would be ironic. Do you yeah. go for a coach that won a championship for a team that then got fired just like you just did? Yeah, I mean, they
0: could go into the college ranks. You never know. So... Um, let's move on though. I think we've kind of hit on this point hard enough and, and talk about the game being played last night. The Warriors cruise to a victory over Laker over the Lakers one twenty seven one hundred. I think this is what we expected, Colin. You and I both think this series is gonna go seven games, be very back and forth. Probably didn't expect the Warriors to come out and win by twenty seven, but uh we expected Golden State to get the win and, and tie things up, especially with that home crowd. It's very tough to play. Uh in Golden State or in San Francisco. So um, that wasn't too surprising, but I think the fact that they won by 27 was a little bit surprising. Uh, But the Warriors tying up the series, and again, we expect this to go seven games.
1: Yeah, expected to go seven games, but just like nobody expected Boston to destroy Philadelphia a few nights ago in game two, nobody expected Golden State to go out there and win by 27 against the Lakers. But They did exactly what they need to do, right? They shot over 50%, almost 100 shots attempted by Golden State, and you got the best three-point shooters in the NBA, maybe even in the world, so they go out and shoot 50% from beyond the arc of 21 out of 42 three-point attempts. That's what the Splash Brothers are meant to do, and when you got Thompson going out there and leading... With 30 points for a Golden State, Curry has a 20-point game. All of your starters are in double figures. It's going to be a butt-whooping when Golden State's on fire like that, no matter who they're playing, even if it's LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I mean, Clay Thompson, when he's on, this team is different, and he was on last night, 8 of 11 from 3. That obviously contributes to the win, uh, the Warriors are at their best when they have Clay making shots, along with Curry. Curry didn't have to make as many threes, but still went three of five. So, uh, for them to jack up forty-two of them and make twenty-one is pretty unheard of. It's kind of an outlier performance. The Lakers really just didn't have their offense going consistently. Terrible when you look at the final numbers, but you know, AD only scored eleven, um, so they weren't as effective. We'll see if they can bounce back going back to Staples Center. heading to Staples Center uh, for the first time in this series but um, you know a tough loss for the Lakers but uh, not overly concerned but again if Golden State you know has Klay Thompson active and and shooting well and and being a big part of the offense it it certainly elevates their team because Klay has kind of dropped off since the injuries uh, but he still has these performances every once in a while where he looks like the old Klay Thompson and uh, if you can get that consistently, then the Warriors are a different animal when Clay is on, and of course Steph is doing his thing, and you get Draymond, you know, getting in the head of the opponent and making good passes and and making plays uh, as a playmaker. Um, you know, the Warriors can do stuff like they did last night.
1: Yeah, that second and third quarter for Golden State was huge when they were able to uh, absolutely demolish the Lakers in both of those quarters by. 18 and 17 points, respectively.
0: Yeah, so big games tonight. And throughout the weekend, of course, we'll have uh, tonight's games. Celtics 76ers going on at 7.30. Boston a two-point favorite on the road in Philly. The Nuggets and the Suns, with the Suns trailing two games to none. Phoenix is actually, though, a four-point favorite tonight as they return home. And then on Saturday, Knicks Heat, and we already – Kind of touched on Warriors Lakers series, so we'll just kind of focus on those three games. But Colin, uh, your Celtics going up against the Seventy Sixers tonight, coming off that big Game Two win. What are your expectations for tonight's game?
1: I expect uh, Boston to hopefully continue to roll, just like they did. The defense was finally there in Game Two, and B didn't see one hundred percent. And does he really transform to uh, the MVP caliber player that he? is and become 100% two days after clearly not looking 100%. Yes, it's in Philly, a very hostile environment, but I think Boston will rise to the occasion, take control of this series, and get the uh, first win on the road in Philadelphia. And to do so, Tatum needs to step up and take over. Yes, everybody else contributed to get that big game to win, and... He was basically non-existent in that, but you can't have that from your star and expect to win a series. So he needs to go out there and have a huge game to allow the Celtics to take control of this series.
0: Yeah. I think the key is Embiid. If Embiid is playing more like the Dwell Embiid we've seen all season and not the Embiid we saw in game two, uh, Philly will definitely make it a close game. Um, because with that being said, that like we said on the show the other day, you know they got blown out, but they were able to hold Tatum in check. So if they can do that again, it's a closer game. You like the 76ers' chances to potentially take the lead in this series, playing at home as well. Um, but they're still listing Embiid as a game-time decision. Now I think he's obviously going to play, but the fact that he's not 100% makes you think that the Celtics are going to win this thing in probably six instead of the seven that we thought originally just because if Embiid's not Embiid I mean that's big part obviously their team he's the MVP yeah so I would say probably Boston in six if Embiid's not playing like he at 100% I mean nobody's 100% at this point but you know if he's still even if he's not struggling with this 80% injury. right so We'll see, but uh, I think it's going to be probably a much closer game than Game 2 was, and hopefully it's a good one uh, between the Celtics and the 76ers tonight in Game 3, and then the other game going on tonight, Nuggets-Suns, Denver up 2-0, Phoenix coming back home. I think they get this one tonight, even though they've
1: struggled in this series. They need it. If not, I'm going to say the series is over if they can't, but... The way Denver's been playing this series, I honestly think they might get the win against Phoenix, go up 3-0 and wrap this up and make a statement that the West will continue to go through Denver and that everybody that thinks that your Western Conference champion comes out of the Lakers-Golden State series might not actually be the case. So Denver, I think, wants to make the statement, go out against Phoenix, and get this win go up three zero, and make sure that people keep them in the conversation so I'm, I'm gonna say the nuggets get the win
0: yeah it's definitely a weird year in the western conference because the nuggets have been the one seed they've been pretty much the best team
1: in the west all year
0: long but nobody had them as their pick in the west everybody said golden state lakers or the phoenix suns to win the west which is you know very strange so you're talking about the four, six, and seven seeds being the teams that people were talking about the most, and it's because they have the most star power, uh, and Denver hasn't proven it in the playoffs consistently that they can win. So I understand the criticism of the Nuggets as a one seed, but they have been really good in these first two games, winning 125-107 and then winning, uh, holding the Suns, I believe, 89 or 87 points in their last game. So you know they've been dominant um, defensively, and that certainly helped. I think Phoenix, though, coming back to their home crowd, if they're not completely deflated from the first two games, that might rally them enough to get a win tonight. But if they go up 3-0 in, in Denver's case, um, that feels like a gentleman's sweep kind of game, like or kind of series where it's going to go five games because Phoenix has enough talent to get one. But ultimately, it's going to be a five-game series if they go up 3-0, I think, because nobody's coming back from 3-0 to win it. It's almost impossible.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: So we'll see how that one plays out. And then the Knicks and the Heat going at it on Saturday, um, along with the Lakers and the Warriors. But like I said, we kind of already touched on that series. Tied series there between the Knicks and the Heat. I mean, it's going to be competitive. It's very similar to the Heat or the Knicks' first round series when they were taking on in Cleveland. Neither team, I really think, has a chance to win the finals, but. They have grit. They have some tough players, and it's kind of that middle series where it feels more like a four or five first round series than a semifinal series. But you know, both these teams have certainly played good basketball and uh, should be entertaining.
1: If Jimmy Butler plays tomorrow, give me the Heat. If not, I gotta go Knicks. He he is the difference in this series. Period. End of story.
0: Yeah they're saying uh, Butler game time decision Mm -hmm. along with Jalen Brunson so if Brunson's out I mean that's huge for the Knicks he's kind of like their Jimmy Butler I mean he's their leading scorer typically and uh, point guard so you know real strong player for the Knicks Um, I think these teams though are pretty even when you look at them and like you said I think Butler's the difference because he's that true superstar player so if he's active and he's you know, like around 80%, like we said with Embiid, he's enough to win them a series and win them a game or two. So let's wrap things up here. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Kentucky Derby, along with Lamar Jackson officially signing his contract, and Washington Commanders could be getting closer to that new stadium.
1: All right, this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and design, bedding, outdoor living, family owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg or go to Orsini's.com. More of the sports mix after this two minute break on Talk Radio, WRNR and TV 10.
0: You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. They're off
1: in the Kentucky Derby.
0: We welcome you back to this May 5th edition of the Sports Mix. This weekend we'll have the uh, Kentucky Derby going on on NBC, I believe it will air. So certainly looking forward to that one, Colin.
1: Yeah, I always uh, enjoy the Kentucky Derby when it starts for the Triple Crown with the Kentucky Derby Preakness and then Belmont and looking at uh, all the different horses getting ready for Saturday to culminate with the uh, Kentucky Derby at the end of the day. It should be fun. Uh, I always like having a mint julep in hand and sitting down and getting to watch uh, all the – Uh, races throughout the day as i know the uh believe events somewhat start today too it's two days there uh the kentucky oaks i believe is today and then the derby day is tomorrow and something that i've always wanted to go witness in person maybe one time got to see all the triple crown pick a year but it's definitely a unique sporting event that i feel like everybody has to do at least once
0: yeah I think it's cool. I at least go to one of those races um but you know you gotta pick a horse uh I'm talking to Rob he was saying that um he heard that there's no or there's only like two horses that could win the triple crown this year, which is kind of different than how things used to be uh you used to always have your horses racing all three it seems like but uh it seems like now the uh i guess perception is that you don't want your horse to be overworked so you don't necessarily race in all three races but you have a pick colin you uh, gonna bet on the derby
1: i don't know if i'm gonna bet on the derby since i'll be in cincinnati having uh fighting even my legal family? In I, I believe it is yeah it is because that's where um the alabama oh, yeah. baseball coach just got in trouble i'll be literally a uh, cross the uh, river from the BetMGM mgm that he uh his friend was at in cincinnati it was actually at great america well there you, you go. knew that story so maybe i'll have to get a picture outside of there and say roll tight" or something yeah. but um I-, I was gonna go with skinner as the uh my favorite but i'm looking and he's apparently scratched now so um I-, I guess sad. i can't pick him um forte's the favorite at three to one odds and so everybody likes going with a favorite I, I like going with somebody that's still maybe outside of that favorite by a few spots uh I, I'd go with two fills at 12 to one odds that that's not bad or you can go with confidence game who who doesn't like a horse with the name confidence game right at 20 to one odds but it, it, forte it seems like is probably the safe bet at least to show if you don't want to go. If you are a better in the winner, maybe you want to go a trifecta and go the top three. However, you want to do it, but I'll go with two fills at twelve to one.
0: Two fills. Yep. Yeah, I, I got a little bit different odds, so I hope that this is somewhat updated and all these horses are still racing. But uh, I'm gonna go with Reincarnate at fifteen to one on my sheet. I don't know if that's horses still racing
1: though. Hopefully. I don't know. Uh, According to it, your, <laughs> the one that I'm looking at, where'd you say his odds are for? Fifteen yours? to one for reincarnate. Interesting. Maybe I mean, horse. mine was updated an hour ago, so maybe mine hasn't changed because it I mean, has. Mine's on
0: KentuckyDerby. Fifty
1: to one. This is CBS, so yeah, I, I trust yours more then, so. Especially probably with all the scratches, but if you had a horse in the Kentucky Derby, what would you name it?
0: That's such a tough question.
1: For me, I'd probably do it around the bend or around the turn, just to mess with the announcer, to have to say "around the turn, coming around the turn, around the sure. turn, around the turn." That's if your horse is good. That's true. I mean, if your
0: horse isn't last, nobody cares. That's coming around the turn.
1: I'd make sure it was good.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, about like winner, winner,
1: then that—that's tough. That—that's the <laughs> toughest name to put on a horse. I feel like because then if they lose you're
0: wrong. Yeah. So know.
1: put in the comments for those on uh Facebook, what you would name your uh Kentucky Derby horse and why well, and shout it out.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. But, um, anything else to segment me? You want to talk about? I mean, we have this kind of Lamar story, not too much of a big deal. Lamar signed his contract and it seems like he's excited. He made the joke that he wants to throw for 6,000 yards. Uh, with all the weapons that the Ravens have added to their team and um, you look at it Lamar's never thrown for more than 3,200 yards so you know if you do see that progression with him as a passer uh, could be a real positive and people will immediately point to since he's a mobile quarterback that these injuries are because he's been running but I mean he got hurt sitting in the pocket last year taking a sack so and you know, we'll see if he's able to throw for more yards in a new offense. But it's good to see a rejuvenated Lamar Jackson and a smile on his face as opposed to what we have really seen the last few months.
1: Yeah, the Baltimore drama, it seems like, is finally uh, come and gone. So a sigh of relief for all the Ravens fans. And uh, if he goes out there and throws probably 3,000-plus yards, you'd be happy because, yes, he is still a mobile quarterback, so you want him to still – use his legs because that's his top strength even though people harp on oh he's a running back not a quarterback he still has a solid arm but that's not his best quality he needs to use his feet to be successful in baltimore
0: yeah i would agree i think my goal for him would be anywhere from 3,500 to 4,000 yards so he can have a career year passing uh and then he'll still run for probably 600 to you know 800 yards he doesn't need that thousand yard rushing season that he had a few years ago uh, because that's just too much wear and tear on his body in my opinion so you know we'll see uh and then the commanders are somewhat closer to getting a spot for their stadium they're trying to push for rfk
1: we'll see if if they could do it but time will only tell first they got to sell the team right
0: yeah and who knows where josh harris wants to move the team if he ends up buying them.
1: This segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. We'll be back for the final segment of the Sports Mix, talking MLB baseball after this right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.
0: Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back on the final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix on this May 5th, 2023. Cinco de Mayo, Colin, are you uh, getting a Mexican tonight?
1: Maybe. I'd always enjoy some tacos and margaritas today if I can. So but I you this got segment a big brought to you right? by the uh, Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy, located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Call me at 304-263-4343. Yeah, I get to go to Cincinnati this weekend, going to see a soccer game tomorrow, hang out, and watch the Derby, two during the afternoon. So should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, should be good.
1: Um, but, but we got baseball this weekend, too.
0: Yeah, and I offered you. I mean, you could get some Taco Bell in the airport, but you were not feeling that Not much of a
1: Taco Bell fan anyway. And getting ready to go on a plane, that's probably a bad idea.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. But um, we do have Major League Baseball going on. The Nationals are playing pretty good ball as of late. We were able to walk it off last night. So get a big win for the Nats and uh, take that series against the Chicago Cubs.
1: Yeah, it's always good when you win a series, especially to end a – Home stand, three straight wins for the Nats. They're slightly below 500 still, so not where you probably want to be. But the expectations going into this season weren't that high anyway. So sitting at 13 and 18 isn't too bad right now. I mean, if you can have a good road stand, keep your fans engaged going into the All Star break, it should be a uh, okay season for Washington. Getting a walk off win's always fun, no matter how good or bad your team is.
0: Orioles win it thirteen to ten over the Royals. Home run from Anthony Santander. Gunnar Henderson. Uh, high scoring performance for the O's. That's good to see. Would like to see a little bit more consistency from the pitching.
1: Yeah, I saw that uh, out of their last twenty two games, most of them against bottom bottom tier teams. They went seventeen and five, so that's great. But now you got the Braves, Tampa, Pittsburgh. And then eventually, I think even Toronto too. So it's now time to truly see uh, against quality opponents how good the Orioles are. But this has been the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Uh, Nick, any final thoughts for this weekend?
0: No, just looking forward to a good weekend in sports, and then we'll be back on uh, Monday, of course, with the show, but Tuesday for uh, sectional baseball
1: action. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to it, Nick. Have a great weekend. You too. Everybody else have a great weekend as well. This is WRNR Martinsburg.